0: And the edge of the world, UFAMET presents Night Drift with Jim Perry.
1: Good evening. I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Night Drift, presented by Ufamet. Broadcasting from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon Coast to our mothership, the studio of 11:50 a.m. KKNW in Seattle and worldwide at nightdrift.com. Tonight, in front of a live UFOmet Patreon audience, we recorded this a few days ago by the time you're hearing this broadcast, and I'm joined by Bex Atwood with more reports of high strangeness, and we're going to talk about a stunning UFO flap occurring over the Pacific Northwest. No open lines tonight, unless you send us a message through time and space, and believe me, we'll be listening that's tonight on Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry. We'll be right back after this.
0: Follow the show on social media at Ufomet, euphomet. E-U-P-H-O-M-E-T. to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim.
1: We're back here on Night Drift. Not taking calls tonight as this program was recorded a few days ago by the time you're listening to it. We are here with UFOMet patrons and guest Bex Atwood. UFAMet Season 5 continues with a new episode on Thursday, March 3rd. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can hear this program on that very same feed. And, real quick, I'd like to thank our sponsors AMC Networks, Shutter, Better Health, and of course, thanks to all of you who are listening right now, whether the live radio broadcast or on the UFAMet Pod Podcast feed, or if you're in the Patreon room with me at this very moment. It's very interesting recording this because it's like it's happening in three different it's like happening during three different times? Am I making this up? It's it's happening now on 22222. But this is broadcasting as if completely live on Sunday, February 27th, 2022. But this will be on the podcast feed live for many on March 1st, 2022. So there is something oh yeah kind of kind of strange about this. Let's see if we can get messages from when the podcast drops on Tuesday, March 1st during this broadcast. Some form of retro messaging. All right, let's remember that.
2: Retro messaging. Yes. I blew out my own candle by laughing too hard, so. Gotta <laughs> fix
1: that. <laughs> and on the other end uh, is Bex Atwood. She joins us again for another report. She's a mycologist, witch, and paranormal investigator who lives on the Key Peninsula in Washington State. She is part of Liminal Earth, the website devoted to re-mythologizing our, our modern lives by way of collecting experiencer stories on an open-source map of the strange. Bex takes on residential cases of high strangeness and experiments with all sorts of methods of divination. Some include candles. One of them she just blew out she routinely reports for this very program from the key peninsula hey bex hey
2: jim how's it going
1: it's 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 going great my friend and thank you so much for joining us again here on night drift where you're a frequent contributor to the program with your reports of high strangeness in this area and parts beyond but let's let's start with this bex we're recording this on a tuesday and of course that means tomorrow is WUFO, and uh tell me a little bit about how you're preparing for tomorrow night and um what i don't know do you have any expectations
2: oh great great question um i have to say first that i absolutely loved how garrett described ufo last week it was Hmm. poetic poetic um so I absolutely love that and it gave me words sometimes you're like how do I describe what I'm doing and he just laid it out so I'm just gonna repeat what he says (laughs) um no so weekly preparation for me Tuesday night I write the UFO post that'll go on the website uh wufo.watch and our patreon feed we open it up to everyone um and so I'm writing about that and that's usually uh remembering last week and going over what happened last week um including this week's um stargazing side quest and um oh very cool i'll also be featuring like um garrett's antenna that he just built <laughs> and um things of this sort so pretty much like what has happened since the last wufo and then um kind of sharing our plan for the evening so Completely put together what we're doing this week. Um, I know that Garrett's going to be trying said antenna, and I am really invested in that because <laughs> it's so cool. And uh, the applications I feel like are endless. So that's what I'm kind of super excited about right now. But we all kind of do our own little projects. Um, as always, at 9 p.m. Pacific time, we will be doing a live Estes method session um, and et cetera, divination. So I uh, was super excited about that, but it's always been super spontaneous. So I don't want to lose that and plan too much either. Kind of leave room for yeah. what may happen to right. happen. But Yeah, the I kind think, of the magic uh, in
1: between that can occur when when things are so planned. Well, uh, just like yeah. this very program tonight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Experimenting, man. It's, it's way to go.
1: So, um, you know, so of course, Wednesday, UFO, uh, UFO is a group watch of sorts where you and the gang at liminal earth have uh, have essentially invited the world to watch the sky with you to try to see what you can experience and what you can experience together and through that you folks have been going through a lot of different experimentation you've included things like divination you've been trying to make contact with craft even on cloudy skies when you can't see any anomalous lights you're, you're looking for a way to connect and make that meaningful. And so we've talked on the program with you in the past, and we've also talked with Garrett about this. Last time he described his intent to make an antenna gun of sorts that would essentially shoot a signal at a light if discovered. And essentially using ham radio technology. And sure enough, I saw, he, he saw the TikTok video. He's made the thing. Yeah. He's made the antenna gun. And in fact, according to him, we talked earlier today, he was sending a signal to Seattle, and the receiver gave him a 5 out of 5 from Brimerton. So miles and miles and miles and miles away. A lot of land to cover, and he shot that thing and got a 5 out of 5. So from that distance, you, you are safe to say that, you know, shooting signals out to an anomalous light can happen how does that make you yeah. feel that's pretty wild right
2: I feel so lucky to have someone like that on the on the team line I kind of jumped in on them um I, I just absolutely love that we can do such a wild experience like this and have have these wild revelations of like okay we've reached Seattle we got a five out of five what are the <laughs> the things above us gonna get <laughs> we get five right. out of five there right I'm really interested. Um <laughs> so well Steve, I just I think it's so cool. And I, I'll say this again, like my intention is to just make some sort of contact and to have a community of people like looking up at the same sky pretty much sure. and just kind of uniting on that end. Um, regardless of what exactly it is we're looking for, you don't have to be as weird and wild as us. Um <laughs> you can simply like look for Polaris, so you can simply like cook your food outside that night on the fire and then go in. like, we really don't care what, if you buy into all our, all our silliness. Um, but at the same time, we're having a lot of fun (laughs) with all these experiments and, um, we're hoping, you know, people share their findings and their experiences and that it can become something that, um, folks are happy to share and participate in. And, and it's, it's looking like that so far, but, um, I'm just interested in seeing how it evolves. Uh, Again, it's going to be week six. So every week's been so different. (laughs) It's great.
1: Well, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. You guys are democratizing sort of UFO contact, as where others are charging thousands of dollars for an opportunity to try to speak to something. So
2: yeah, uh, I'm waiting for that that army to come.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, listener Heather says, that she loves the feeling, the fun feeling of community Woofo is creating. And uh, yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think a lot of us do. So despite that fun feeling, there's been some weirdness. And one of those things I hear is that you're having a lot of tech issues.
2: Yeah. So Was,
1: are you to blame for tonight's earlier craziness with my sound?
2: Regardless of what like the factual answer is on that, I did take in some guilt, so it's as real to be assisted <laughs> from, it probably can't be <laughs> Because <laughs> my partner' like,
1: all right, what well, did you I'm, do? I'm satisfied by that.
2: <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> the first week of WUFA was very up in the air. We didn't know you know what we were we were just kind of playing. and so the next week we're like, let's do an Estes method session and this was because of a cloudy sky and we're like we need to figure out ways that this is accessible to people who have apartments who have light pollution who have this that and the other and so Estes method was one for us if you're feeling a little more brave um if not you could just watch us on TikTok live um but then we also provided a series of weeks for uh night sky cams around the world and then um guided meditations from just floating in the sky to hanging out with him on the crafts, whatever Mm. you want to do. But, you know, being so open to that. um, Yeah. During the live, um, I had some like lighting issues and, you know, my default thing is like, I'm having light issues. I don't want to be that person, (laughs) but it it does it again. (laughs) During like the Mm. second Estes method session. And the second time it was more of like a strobe effect and the remote on the light is down on the tripod so I didn't have any sort of interaction with it um I just kind of blamed it on eh, whatever it's a ring light um I kind of write it off but within the live for a second I was startled because I was under an estes I had blindfold on and through the blindfold somehow I thought someone was walking in front of me hmm. when the light shut off And so I like ripped off my stuff and was like, who is in here with me? No one should be in here. Um, And then I saw that my light was out. So I was startled more of expecting to see someone in my room than I was, oh, the light went out. So I like to explain that. But then like the next few nights, um, the night directly following, I woke up at 3 a.m. to I was shooting a roller roller skating video in my kitchen. And so I had the ring light in the kitchen um i had a laptop closed on the couch and both were going off uh the mm. light was strobing and then the youtube the the laptop was playing a youtube video and like static Ooh. very loud to the point where like my dogs were freaking it's out It's like something out of a movie up. yeah and it was really strange because um you know, we were both half asleep and, and we were just annoyed. <laughs> and, like, we are both real grumpy when we wake up. So we're like, girl, turn it off. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I wake up the next morning and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that happened. That was very interesting. Um, the following few days, my partner has a sad lamp in his room. It, it, it makes daylight because we're at the Pacific Northwest. And um, it starts turning on at night he'll go in his office at like five in the morning and it's like, it's, it's on. So we check the electric panel and we're like, okay, let's see if it's an electrical issue with a fuse. If our fuses are for both rooms, like that's it. Well, we find out like our rooms are on two different fuses. And so if there was an issue, we'd have to replace both of them. It's very unlikely that it would be just these two isolated fuses. It would have to either be all of them or none. And we've only had anomalies in these two rooms pretty much um, the living room as well, but it wasn't plugged into anything. It was a battery pack and then yeah. the laptop wasn't plugged in. So, you know, how do you explain that? I guess. Um, right. But I'm, I'm still Things not, not likely... connected. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, I had contact and this is why I should join Wufo. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, we had this serious conversation of um, how do we present any sort of like success with Lufo without, encouraging people to be like, go out of their comfort zone to, to get something like this. And then um, how do we move forward knowing that what we wanted to happen kind of did in our, in our minds, how we see it. Um, And so just dealing with like the intimidation of that a little bit, but Mm -hmm. on my end, I I sat there on it for a while and I said, you know what, though, at the end of the day, I kind of got what I wanted out of that and I kind of feel like that door is open for me now. So Mm. instead of being like, I'm going to back away from this This is too much. I'm kind of like, well, I got, I got what I asked for. So I feel like I should just keep asking for things. and Maybe that's how you, you know, lead the cat into the trap, but I Mm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I got my questions uh, answered maybe. Um, But I haven't really talked about that too much publicly at this point. Um, Cause I don't want to, I don't want to. This is all speculation and kind of connecting the dots. This isn't, um, this happened to me and now it's going to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was unsettling. And my partner, yeah. like the last person to be freaked out about this kind of stuff. And he, yeah.
1: Well, he I like, suggest. What did you do? <laughs> yeah, I suggest the cat you trapped is now out of the back. <laughs> and it's a, a thing. But, but, but listen, uh, you know, um, how often do we hear of these stories? of investigators who do enter this territory and do not get the evidence they expect, uh, especially when it comes to communication, yet are startled by the entity or phenomenon or process's choice of how it determines to contact that person reaching out. It may not be as simple as, hello, oh, hey, how's it going? It could be, hello, that goes into an echo in time and space somewhere. And two days later, the lights are flickering. Uh, These are stories we hear over and over again of strange places, strange things occurring. And those willing to engage and step across that boundary, having connection in very strange ways. And so, you know, it's almost like it's weird, right, Bex? Because you may never know. If these two things are connected in this way, you may never know. You, I mean, maybe you'll get more evidence to prove such things, but just like synchronicities, how we never quite can put our finger on if they're great, great coincidences or if they are firmly in the space of phenomena. You know, that possibility, that that connection, that contact existed within those moments of flickering screens is definitely there within your head you know what i mean like it is definitely an evidence point and it i don't know like now that you have experienced that and that you feel like there could potentially be a connection there are you the kind of person now involved in this research where you take pause and go oh man like maybe i need to take a few steps back or are you looking at it as an i okay if you could see the video right now, there's like a grin from ear to ear. ear. You are definitely the person that's like, okay, let's go. She's let's shaking, go, baby. shaking her head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely shaking her head. Yes. Garrett and Jeremy me. are
2: both doing, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I feel like we all feel very similarly about this. We're very excited about the prospects of, of what this may bring. And, um, we're we're all three uh, in agreement that we don't actually really care if we ever figure it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't well, care if we ever get to the bottom of it.
1: <laughs> and and so just yeah, just for extreme clarity, stuff like this encourages you to keep going.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting. And so after this quick break, you know, I want to hear about the other connections. To, to where you're living, to where you are in the Key Peninsula, and the other KPN UFO reports that are going out there. Because you may be having these incidents of personal nature from after these you know divination sessions during WUFO, but other people are having interactions with crafts. And so right after this break, we're going to continue learning about the connection between don't know, ourselves and what could be up there. And we're also going to welcome Patreon callers and talk with the live audience here tonight on Night Drift right after
0: this. Follow the show on social media at EuphoMet, E-U-P-H-O-M-E-T.
1: i've been drifting on the sea of heartbreak trying to get myself ashore for so long for so long
0: listening to the stranger stories wondering where it all Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM KKNW, Seattle Now, here again is Jim
1: We are back here on Night Drift in front of a live Patreon audience and if you want more of the program you can find it on the UFAMET feed wherever you listen to podcasts For more information, visit UFAMET.com and make sure to follow us across social media at UFAMET And do you have a paranormal experience? That has shaped your life, changed your life, influenced you in some way, you can share it with me at jim at euphomet.com. Now I'm back here with Bex Atwood on the high strangeness of the Pacific Northwest in front of a live Patreon audience. And if you'd like to join hangouts such as this one, just visit patreon.com slash euphomet. And you can join our not-so-secret society of Fordians, witches, experiencers, explorers and thinkers. Come hang out with us. So Bex, before we went to the break, we were discussing about these technological issues that you were having, uh, surrounded and connected to perhaps these divinations you were doing on Wednesday UFO night. What what else happened in, in, in that? What else did you discover about that?
2: So what Kind of stuck out to me as significant. All of that, Jim, was it started to align with reports I was receiving about UFO phenomenon and activity right here on the peninsula. Oh so my gosh. I, one of my first reports was someone who was just experiencing abduction dreams. Hmm. But tell me, like when when they woke up, their phone would be reset, like their time would be at midnight and um often when they were driving they could see crafts (laughs) and so they kind of link that abduction dreams with like now I I see these things semi-regularly and right when they see them their radio in their car kind of freaks out their Mm. phone does the black screen VCR kind of thing and it's something that happens to them at least monthly Um, really monthly, but that's not, that's not like the isolated incident um, of that. And so pretty much every direct UFO report I received, whether it's just a sighting or straight up, I think I've been abducted. There's been some sort of technological things often with lights that happen right beforehand. So I have another experiencer who believes that they've been abducted. Um, they even have potential medical evidence that they've been abducted. Um, IE uh, their blood won't centrifuge properly. And it, it completely bamboozled the doctors around here. I'm waiting for him to show documentation. He's like a, I don't know how professional, but he's a, he's a surfer. And he just travels the whole world surfing all the time. And he mm-hmm. happens to live like his mom's house down the street. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he begins telling me about these experiences and how he felt very validated because of the doctor's office. Um, yeah, they told him they could not centrifuge. They, they sent him to a couple of specialists. Um, his blood just won't um, centrifuge properly. I don't know what that process is exactly, but. Um, mm. And so he was talking with someone he knows who works um, in aeros- aerospace, and they were like, um, This isn't the only time I've, I've heard of this. This is something that happens to astronauts on the regular um when they leave the planet so for about 30 days or so astronauts blood will not centrifuge however this man that i have interviewed countless times i've investigated his property i couldn't find a thing um (laughs) it's been years now at least two years that he knows of um and it started out as dreams and now he sees the craft pretty regularly and um yeah, it's it's interesting because he's viewing it kind of like as all these isolated incidents. But I've been connecting the dots, and I don't think that it's oh, you know, he has a ghost here, and then oh, the UFO's here, and this and that. I think it's it's not as much of a mixed bag as we're we're discussing. It's more of something something unanimous, maybe. But it kind of uh, connected some dots for me once I started to experience the tech issues in that same context of like UFOs and making contact with otherworldly beings. Um, So that's what was the most compelling to me was I know people, I've interviewed people who just reported tech fritzes, wrote them off, didn't think it was significant. And now here I am doing the exact same thing. And I'm making these connections and getting the goosebumps. And then I decide to look at how many UFOs have been reported in this area in the last... Right.
1: Well, that's what's really interesting, Bex, is that (laughs) for the amount of reports that you've now contributed to night drift, and, you know, the majority of those perhaps being from that strange peninsula area, I don't think we've ever really dived into UFOs much in terms of what's been reported. But now you found yourself in a position where not based directly on your engagement with Wednesday UFO, but maybe in conjunction with almost there is an ex. there is potentially an escalation of activity that has been occurring yet is now present to you. So what are you seeing out there?
2: Yeah. So I feel like super tapped in. now I personally have yet to to see anything, um, out here, but I'm, you know, I have two or three, three now, um, direct reports from witnesses. I have photographs, um, from one person. And so it isn't just, I'm scouring the forums and the lists, but I'm doing that as well. So I have these real life people that I could call up right now and say, Hey, tell me your story. And then I have, uh, photographic evidence of this. It's very compelling. Um, and then I decided to go ahead and hit the list online. Um, and <laughs> it's it's insane. So this peninsula is maybe 15 miles long. Um, I did go ahead and include places like Gig Harbor because from the Tacoma Narrows Bridge all the way to the Purdy Bridge is considered Gig Harbor. Now, that's mm. a huge space. But a lot yeah. of even the northern Key Peninsula businesses are still labeled as Gig Harbor. Hmm. So I went ahead and included them because if it were mapped out, I I guarantee that most of them are <laughs> probably more on this side.
1: Right. Um, so, you, so you've so uh, you centered yeah. around sort of a a, uh, a, a regional area and, and uh, labeled it in coordinates.
2: Yeah. I would say about 20 mile radius. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> would you like me to read them out or I have that really long list. I'm trying to figure out what would be the best way to
1: Yeah, you, you had mentioned to lay that out. Day, you had mentioned the other day to me about a potential cigar shaped object that someone had seen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, here in Lake Bay, which is like the smack dab center of like the center south of the peninsula. Was three red lights on either end of a cigar-shaped craft, large, Mm. moved forward, sideways, then back without turning. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, So that's that's, uh, similar to what people are seeing out there with Tic Tacs, you know? Yeah. I think when people say cigar, they're also saying Tic Tac to me. And then, you know, within that Mm. geographic area, uh, are there any sightings that are similar to that or do they kind of range like all sorts of different crafts and orientations
2: they range i mean i'm looking at one here the purdy split which is where the key peninsula begins sort of breaks off from gig harbor this is back in like 2016 2017 this is one that i have photographic evidence on Mm. um but there's this very bright light it almost looks like a northern star of sorts then above it there are these three dancing orange lights and so they take the picture they're like oh my goodness well when they get home they look at the photo and there's actually like what they're calling um like a mother ship above the original lights that they saw oh and so gosh. you're seeing like this little light playing around but then once you actually like boost the resolution of that photo you can see three rows of three lights and then that original light below it and this was pre-starlink Pre, you know, super lines in the sky, kind of. Yeah. Do you recall it's what? Wild. Year,
1: do you recall what year that report was from?
2: Twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
2: Interesting. And that's interesting because birdie that whole split area is um just going through those lists. There's two more, and one is just several strange yellow orbs hovering over the split, and then one is. Two beings coming up from underwater, um, and they were paddle boarding, Excuse and they me? have in the same video footage. There's two fireball crafts flying synchronized and simultaneously through the air. So these people are paddle boarding, and they see on video. I don't know how to get this video, but I want it so bad. <laughs> um, A video of two beings coming up from underwater. They push their friend away while paddleboarding. Also have the video at the same time, the paddleboard incident, there's the fireballs in the sky.
1: Okay, so the people that are witnessing this, who are videotaping this potentially, the the, the entities they see are on paddleboards or the people that are witnessing this are on paddleboards witnessing the creatures?
2: So the way that it looks, it looks like them and their friend were both paddle boarding. I see. And they see something emerge from the water and push one of the paddle boards.
1: Okay, I see. That makes more sense. I thought we were drifting into like sort of space pancake territory there for a second.
2: <laughs> hey, we can go there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right. We can always go to space pancakes. Let me tell you, if space pancakes taste anything like that new um, uh, space Coca-Cola, then we're, we're going to be okay. Just saying. That
0: stuff?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to directly endorse that on this program. But okay, back to your story. We, we yeah. so I mean that's a stunning that's a stunning witness account. And if it is videotaped, oh my gosh! Uh, if you are if you have the any ability to try to search that out and find that video, um, I'm I'm sure that would be much to the service. Of the greater community and for the general public at large um, if that's if that's authentic because wow how about that entities uh, plus glowing objects that's that's extremely fascinating Bex we have a uh, we have a uh, comment from Katie here in the chat Uh, on the topic of UFOs UAPs I did have a sighting in July one evening I live in Phoenix where I saw three objects in the sky that were dancing around. Three little light balls with tails. I first thought they were lanterns on fire, but they were moving vertically, horizontally, diagonally, disappearing and reappearing. Wow. No idea what they were, but it felt uncommon, and it was pretty cool. Happy to share the video I took. Katie, you have a video? Yes, please. Yeah, please, please. You can share that with me. Jim at UFOMet.com. And Bex, what is your email that uh, you ask people to send you things to?
2: Um, so I do. Bex in the liminal at gmail.com. And then if it's key peninsula, I have share your KPN story. But. That one doesn't count. Oh, and then we have uh, info at liminal earth. If it's just anything. Um, had a that's few people awesome. reach out that's
1: great Katie yeah please send that video and, and thank you for sharing that um, yep about of awesome. long we'll email it over thank you so much Katie alright we're also going to open lines to the patron room here if anyone wants to join the program and talk about the you know Bex's experience you know uh, discovering a potential connection with UFOs and also finding that many more within that area are also connected to such phenomenon, um, very very fascinating. And it appears to me, Bex, that you know the closer you get to this material, and taking other people's accounts, you know, there's the old adage of staring into the abyss, into the abyss, and it's staring back at you. And I know that's a little played out, but it's kind of the best way to describe this stuff. And it appears like that's happening to you.
2: Yeah, it is. It's, um, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. I try not to think about it too much. (laughs) I try to just focus on the work and, and kind of see it. I don't know. Maybe I'm disassociating a little bit, but I'm just, when I'm doing the work I'm I'm open to whatever comes through, happy to report whatever comes through. Um, but then when it's over, um, I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of separate, separate that a bit.
1: It's healthy. I mean, one foot in (laughs) one foot out, you know, Yep. you have to live in the real world. I think once you're taken by the abyss and you can't get out of it, that's when problems can occur. And so if one is able to maintain a level of, uh, Oh boy.
2: Mm -hmm. It's happening again.
1: (laughs) Folks, it's happening again.
2: It, last time it was freaky because it was like womp It sounded like, um, sounded like, uh, real weird.
1: <laughs> this has never happened to me before. Wow. Same with me
2: and my ring light. Never happened. I, I we do three hour lives constantly with it. And <laughs> What's... I even threw the other one away.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're sorry for the technical difficulties, uh, having a little bit of an issue with our cables or something. And it all happens to be uh, occurring at the same time that Bex is describing her technical difficulties that she is experiencing. Now, what's interesting about this as well is that many times this phenomenon, when affecting people around you or that you're sharing space with, yeah, that stuff that stuff bleeds through. And that can affect the people around you and one of the things that i've discovered about you bex is that you're very good at sharing this stuff <laughs> and Uh-oh. uh in in uh you know in another um investigation that's occurring which potentially may be you know some sort of euphemet thing um you know bex and i first met because of a story that she shared with me and the phenomenon that was occurring uh, quickly showed itself to me in various forms. Some of it dangerously; <laughs> others um, less so, but um, uh, noteworthy, even if so. Uh, it's I I fear it's happening again tonight. Without going to, like, 1990s Art Bell, they're listening to us and they cut off my feed. Conspiracy world? (laughs) This is something else. And I think what we're seeing is, uh, yeah, strange technology uh, meeting, I don't know, strange bedfellows here tonight. So speaking about that, there's another uh, line of stories that we're following in uh, the KPN, and that is of dogmen just like the UFOs. This has been a phenomenon where reported sightings have been made. And, you know, it it appears that there's some sort of escalation at some sort of dogman activity in that area, which is just wild to even be coming out of my mouth. (laughs) But alas, here we are. And so Beck's you have a new report of a dogman sighting, don't you?
2: I do. So it's it's new to you, new to all y'all. I, I've been sitting on this one about a month, apparently. I had shared it with the guys and we had had our way, but we, um, I don't think we publicized this. And so it's always funny to me that I'm now like this dogman person, because <laughs> um, I never set out to be. Um, that's how it kind of rolls. <laughs> that's how it happens. But I remember hearing about it. Yeah. yeah. Heard about it as a kid, you know, being super freaked out. And um, it just came back. So here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I received this from Facebook where I get a lot of my stuff because everyone in rural areas around here are on like their private community Facebook groups. And so I get into those, I chat them up, And um, this is one that Garrett and I are both in. Uh, I believe it's Bremerton. So this happened in Squamish. That is north of Bremerton north of Poulsbo, south of Port Gamble. Yes. So we have someone who was bicycling back from work at about 2 a.m. They were heading towards Columbia Street from Lincoln Street. Um, they were nearly home and dry, but that is one of the darkest points in the woods of Squamish. So the road was a steep hill that zigzagged for about two miles until it went sharply up and then spat out right next to their house. Um, They had gotten ahead of steam to enjoy the last easy bit before getting home. Halfway down the hill was a PUD outbuilding with a fence around it. As they approached it, the silhouette of a black dog came around back from the building. Uh, They could hear its claws drag on the blacktop, and their first thought was that it was a skinny bear because of its Mm. size. The perimeter of the outbuilding was an eight foot security fence. The figure on all fours was over half the height of said fence on all fours. Um, I've seen bear before and I quickly realized how wrong it looked. I had stopped about 20 feet up the hill from it. The figure began walking across the road with the same trot as a dog, not the loping amble of a bear. As they were trying to make sense of what their eyes were seeing, it stood on two legs and turned towards them. It didn't take more than two steps their way before they began begging for their life. Mm -hmm. Um, They swerved um, on their bike to try to give a wide berth between it and themselves. But it was still running on two legs. Um, It closed the distance between them fast. It actually lunged for them. And they felt a brush of fur as it came down hard on all fours behind them. Oh, my gosh. Um, They put everything they had into gaining speed. Um, The few times they looked back, it was great bounds on all fours and wasn't losing any ground. It kept between five to ten feet behind them the whole way down. Heart racing, they hit the corner and pushed themselves like never before up the hill. They turned their head to vomit their dinner did not, I forgot that part, Um, I could see it running through the forest um, parallel to them on two legs. Um, So it's keeping up with a bicycle. That's pretty crazy. And this is like a very hilly road. Um, They finally crest the hill. They could hear it keeping up with them in the trees. Um, Now wide awake, I rode to a tribal elder friend of mine's house, knowing he would probably be not sober, but awake. When he came to the door, I babbled out my story. Oh yeah, you saw a wolf man. Dot dot dot. One place to pull. What he demanded. This is normal. <laughs> oh yeah, he said nonchalantly. The tribe knows all about them. You're lucky. Now let's see how lucky you are at pool. <laughs> Bewildered at the disturbing level of normality that I had been so unceremoniously thrust into, I began chalking my pool stick. Far from the dark tone story of great native warriors who through pain and loss were transformed into the beast that took their friends and family and all I got in response was oh yeah that's a thing now rack <laughs> 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 that's beautiful <laughs> wow what a story
1: Beck so you so you look at something like that I mean what do you what do you make of Dogman's relationship to this part of the world
2: I don't know i think it's so interesting because up until i received those reports that started all of this for us um i thought it was a midwestern thing i grew up in kentuckiana and heard stories by campfire growing like up and so i moved out to the west coast and i really don't think that it's a thing um <laughs> yeah and it wasn't until i began getting those reports i was like oh wait a second! i, I didn't know i didn't know it was this this far west um, as far as what its relationship is to this area I, I my default if it is indeed something flesh and blood would be how secluded it is around here yeah. so very quickly you just vanish into the forest it's really easy to get lost um coming as someone who spends a lot of time in the woods um, right. it can be very scary around here and natural threats just bears and cougars and um steep cliffs and, (laughs) and landslides but then if i were to pick a place for this to exist i would definitely say pacific northwest um but i'm of that same mentality that i am with bigfoot i don't necessarily think that it's something completely flesh and blood right and and so i find those little tidbits of information helpful when folks Have these relationships with tribe members, and they're saying, Oh, they've always been around. They may be people who were transformed to this because of this. And so, yeah, approaching that is something that I'm trying to be careful about and being really respectful of. And so, I don't want to ever just like throw tribal legends at people because I don't have any basis in that. (laughs) I felt the same (laughs) way about
1: the Skinwalker stuff.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh! Exactly, and that's what people keep saying with the dog fan stories. So They're like, "I think it's Skinwalker." Like, I don't want to ever do that. <laughs> um, but at the same time, this tribal member is being so nonchalant and and knows all about them, and so that entices me <laughs> trying to navigate that.
1: Right. Well, I mean, time to make friends with some some indigenous folks around that area that are also on. A similar quest to you
2: yeah so when Andrew and I we visited this site a month ago and it was unintentional we're driving um from the beach going somewhere I think we were going to Port Gamble we were on the back roads and I'm saying oh my gosh we're in Squamish right now like let's see if we can find these roads and as I'm pulling them up um we're coming up to that intersection of Columbia and Lincoln and I'm like oh my gosh, this happened right here. And it was indeed very zigzaggy, very hilly, Mm. Um, but it was rather busy. So we couldn't really stop for too long. I just got a picture. Um, But what I noticed was everyone was out on the front lawn. Everyone was like doing, like one person was chainsawing, like woodworking. And then Mm. the next person was like peeling green beans or something. And so everyone was on their porch out and about. So my plan is maybe I can just go there and do a little walking and run sure. kind away of and say, hey. And anyone who kind of closes that gap i will say, Hey, you know, this is what I'm looking into. Yeah. Um, just walking through. I think that's probably the best way. Yeah, to I go
1: agree. About that. I agree. And sometimes it takes just going out there and talking with the folks that live out there, you know? Yeah. And and uh, and and having a lot of rejection thrown your way, but also some probably pretty friendly conversations. Um, that's been at least my experience. Well, Bex, thank you so much for sharing these reports with us tonight. It's It's been great. I mean, um, albeit very startling, and as uh, you know, I, I would, I would, I would wager that the report you did tonight is one of the m- scariest that you have so far in terms of its proximity to you know, you and for what seems to be an escalation of activity that is happening there in that area. But again, I I do think that there is just maybe an escalation of activity everywhere right now. I feel like we're in some strange waters right now, but at least we're all in the raft together. And that's what this is all about. So thank you so much for your report tonight. Where can people find all of your material?
2: All right. Where can people find me? I say first and foremost, check out our Patreon with Luminal Earth. That's Luminal Earth Society. Um, we have like a Discord and a bunch of goodies for people. So we we really love having folks come through there. Um, also have wufo.watch, W-U-F-O.watch is our website every Wednesday. <laughs> we post what happened the week before. Um, what's going to happen that night and um, a series of fun side quests and and artwork from participants. So that's, that's great. And then uh, socials across the board are Bex and the
1: Thanks so much, Bex. Okay. Well, that's it for the program this week. We have to run, but thank you for listening to Night Drift with me, Jim Perry on Alternative Talk KKNW 1150 AM Seattle. You can hear the show anytime on its podcast feed, wherever you listen to them. Go to youformet.com for more and join us next Sunday. And until then, keep looking up.